Let's get back to Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. And now part two of our interview with Jack Youngblood. What was the adjustment from 4-3 to 3-4 defense like for you? I hated it. It was absolutely out of my um, out of my skills. The uh, you know I, I played at 250 pounds, and uh, to play the 34, yeah, it's it's a matter of angles and uh, and direction. You uh, you play the you play the 34 straight straight up the field. You play you play the 4-3 from an angle. Uh, you take you take a, the advantage of position in the four three to take a, take away the running game, the vertical running game, and in the thirty four, all you're doing is it's 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 mass on mass. You're pushing an offensive lineman who's trying to push you. You're trying to push him backwards, and he's trying to push you backwards. That's not that's not the the the, uh, the philosophy of the four three. And I, I couldn't play it. I didn't think, I, I thought it was wrong, you know, it was the wrong concept, but I, I wasn't coached then. It was John, uh, it was John Robinson, right? John, yeah. I still tell him to this day, every time I see him, I said, you're the reason I didn't play three more years. <laughs> <laughs> you changed how deep it is. I, how deep I couldn't play it. How did you know when it was time to call it a career? Well, I've, I've said this before. I, I think that after you have become and you've had the success that I that I was fortunate enough to have, um, that may be as 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 important a, as big a decision as it is to get married, because a relationship of, of of you and your career. And what you've established, the um, um, the reward of being successful, of, of, of being good, of being uh, of, of of working at at your craft. Uh, I think it's, it was a huge, huge one. And and what really what really drove me, I I, I knew I had a job. There was no question that uh, I was going to the front office. Um, at, at whatever time, the uh, I had I had blown out I had blown out L five F one in uh, in the Tampa ball game uh, the year before. We had uh, um, I had trained all off season to see what kind of a you know how much I could come back from it, <laughs> and I did. I came back. I was I, I was fine. What was the question in my mind was, could I play the game at the level that I wanted to play the game from a physical perspective for the full season? I did not want to go in and five games into the into the season blow out blow out another back and be put on my out. If I if I'm gonna play the game, I'm gonna play it from from one to fourteen, to 14 and and then into the playoffs. I did not want to to go into it and, and with, with the thought in my mind that 
something may go wrong someplace along the way. Although that's that's the that's the mindset you have to start. You start every year with, but after fourteen, that makes it um, makes it a little more uh, real. The realistics of uh, of you know can you can you at thirty four years old you know play the play the thirty four defense the way the way you know you can play the four three. So that's that's when I had to make the decision. It was it was a tough one. You've seen a lot of great players during your time playing and in today's game. Who would you say was the best player you ever saw? Who? One of the best players I've ever seen play the game was one of my teammates, Nolan Cromwell. Nolan, Nolan may be one of the most, most athletic players. I, for my era, that's for sure. He was one of the most athletic players that's, that ever, that's ever stepped on the field. Um, Unfortunately, he got hurt too. He blew out a knee. In today's game, modern—I I guess you consider it modern day—or Adrian Peterson is not a pretty good, pretty good football player. He's pretty good, and and some of these receivers, some of these big, tall receivers—I mean, they are—they're fantastic athletes. There's no question, and and you enjoy watching that. Not so much. It's not so much. Really, what the you know what what they're doing, but how they do it. That's what I enjoy watching. You, Adrian, Adrian Peterson is so smooth. I mean, he's he's going he's going one direction, and then in, in the next moment, he's going in, he's going ninety degrees different. The running back with your team wasn't too bad the last couple of years, Eric Dickerson. Right, and that was that was a pleasure sitting on the sideline watching him watching him play too. He was he was one of those one of those players that. He didn't. He didn't look like he was going as fast as he was, and he he loved he loved to touch the football, and you and you you like that. You like that about you know you like a guy that a player that wants to play that wants to be on the field, does not want to come off the field. Does it come off the field? I mean, they may send somebody out there, somebody else, and he and he. And I've seen him. I've seen him wave him off. <laughs> he wanted to touch the football. That's the that's the difference of the game today. They um, there's, there's there's a there's a lot of players who, who don't have that attitude. I believe. Was there one offensive lineman that gave you the most trouble? Well, the three that that are in the uh, uh, there's three of them that 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 Deardorf, Yerry, um Rayfield, they're all in the, they're all in the hall with me. Um, those three certainly you knew that that uh, they were going that was going to bring the best out in you, you because you're playing against the best. Um, um, Ross Washington is another one that I remember who who has not gotten the, the recognition like I I believe he should have. He was he was a nightmare for me. I mean, it's like he he just wouldn't go away. <laughs> he was a shadow, and he was a big shadow at, at that. <laughs> so when Parcells goes into the Hall of Fame this year, which basically people are assuming is a done deal, are you going to give him a little ribbing there at the before the ceremony, saying, you know what, you would have been in sooner if you would have basically draft or got me to go to Florida, Florida State. I mean, yeah. You know that, that's that's the funny thing. He uh, 
<laughs> anytime, anytime we we run into each other at some social event, he'll we'll make eye contact and on you know across the, the room, and he will he will stop what he's doing and we'll we'll meet up and, and, and speak, and he'll say, "I got to tell the story." He tells the story about about not not recommending me as a as a player for Florida State. As far as the Hall of Fame, did there come a point where you said, you know, I thought it was pretty good, but I'm I'm not getting in? It, it took a, a while, didn't it? I was the uh, I was the Susan Lucci of pro um, football. <laughs> <laughs> I kept I kept getting nominated, <laughs> but never elected. I mean, I was I, I was finalist ten times. I mean. <laughs> And I, I just got to a point where, you know, I, I, it was nothing I could do about it. All I could do was was, was hope that at some point in time, the uh, however many voters we had, I think there's 42 or something like that, uh, they recognized that, you know, I had, I had the, the uh, I had the career that, that qualifies, that qualifies for the, you know, for for the Hall. What was it like when you found out that you had made the Hall of Fame? That was a that was one of those uh, surreal moments too. You go, really? After all this time now? <laughs> Whew. Yeah, the, the monkey's off the back. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, a happy moment. When you were with the Rams, the owner died after the Super Bowl and his wife took over. And she was, what, I believe she might have been the first female owner in sports or of a football team. What was that like? That was, we, we all had to kind of sit back there for a while and and see how much influence she was going to be, you know, on the management side. Was she, was she going to really get her hands into it? And, or, I mean, was she going to try and follow Carol? And you know, Carol... Carol was the he was he was there every chance he got at practice. He would he'd fly his helicopter down and land it on the field. And the boys and see practice. And we didn't know whether she was gonna have that kind of influence, that kind of desire to be around us. You know, it's kind of you know, it's kinda of, it's kinda of difficult to, you know, have her in the locker room. <laughs> So we, we we didn't know how that was going to work, and we had to had to kind of sit back. She loved us. She loved us. She, she, you know, to this to this day, though, I don't think she 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 loved the game, but it you know it, it she didn't surround herself. She did not surround herself with people that really really wanted to win. I'll put it that way, and that's you know that's that's the that's the uh, the key to success in any in, in any endeavor <laughs> is that you want you want smarter people around you than you are, right? And and that's you know that she she inherited some things and some other people came into the picture, and you know that I wasn't I wasn't convinced. That those who were who were giving her advice really wanted to win, they wanted to compete, 
no question. They, they, they wanted to continue on and be a and be a valuable franchise. But there's a difference in that and really, really having a, having a drive to, to win the win the championship. I don't think her husband would have ever allowed L. Davis to take the Raiders down to L.A. and compete with the Rams because I think that was basically what killed the Rams. Well. Al will do anything to try and, and, and put one more butt to seat. Or, you know, that, that, was, that was his philosophy. And, you know, Al had his hand involved. I mean, he was, he was an old coach. And he, he, still, he still thought he could coach him up, as, as well as, you know, manage and, and operate the franchise. So that move, that move to, to California was nothing but how surprising is it to you that Los Angeles doesn't have an NFL team after all these years? You know, when 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 they all moved out, uh, when the, when the Rams moved and and, and Raiders moved, I, I, I thought there for a while that okay, let's settle, let the dust settle, and and, and somebody else will, will come back in because it's you know second largest. You know, city in the country, largest you know TV population. So I, I think that you know they'll somebody will see that and 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 get back. Uh, then after after you know six or eight ten years, you're, you're realizing that people don't want to go to the Coliseum anymore. People don't want to go to the Rose Bowl that much. I mean, you, they they go they go to you know to college games, but they. If they're going to be a pro football team, you've got to you've got to build a facility that people want to go to. They want to follow it, and that's hard to do in LA. That's it's such a mess in traffic that you know you have that's that's one of the major obstacles of, of, of building a, a a facility. You can't put it down. I, the one that was going downtown, I went. I just shook my head and go, really? They're going to ask people to come back to the center of town on Sunday? Nobody wants to drive, drive on, the, on the 405 and the, and the 5 and the, and the, and the 10 and, and the 210. Nobody wants to do that on Sunday. you got to put it, you got to find a place, you know, that, that's convenient for, for all of Orange County, L.A. County, the valley, and that just hasn't happened. And then the other hand side of that is is uh, somebody's going to have to pony up, you know, a billion dollars just for the stadium, not counting the franchise. Now, if you got an existing franchise, you're moving it. Doesn't that's not that much? You know, you you just have to pay a, a, a moving fee, right. but. But a billion dollars is, is a heck of a lot of money to put into a facility, into a something that you're going to rent. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's such an extraordinary number now to get in to to to, to really get into it in Los Angeles, and, and, and I think I think Roger, I I don't I don't know I don't I don't discuss it with him on a regular basis. I think Roger wants to. At some point, um, put a expansion team there because that's that does the most for the league, rather than 
rather than having somebody move, and that you know that doesn't generate that much more revenue. So what? Why don't you give us the name of your book? I know you wrote it a couple of years ago and it was very successful. That was a that was a uh, 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 work of pleasure. We have uh, David Cooper and I. David came to me. He was he's the writer, and uh, uh, we uh, we had we had a lot of fun just reminiscing and going back through all these old stories and you know put them down on paper and and uh, get them right and. We check some of the facts, and because you know, over the years, uh, especially after you've been hitting head as many times as I have, you better you better check the facts because I, I I know the I know the I know the big picture, but the details to it sometimes are fuzzy. Um, but yeah, we've uh, we've had we've had a pleasure. We we we've got it out on on um, on all the all the book sites now, Amazon and and all those. So. We're still I'm going to promote it one more time at uh, at Super Bowl. Did uh, you or any of your Florida teammates get royalties off of Gatorade since they experimented on you guys back in the day? I think we got cheated. <laughs> you guys were the guinea pigs. We were we were the guinea pigs. I'm telling you, it was horrible. It was it, it, they used to Dr. Cade used to stir it up in a in a in a, in a steel wash tub. <laughs> we would we were out there on the uh, on the practice field one day and and Dr. K had brought in and they they put it in cans. They had a little uh, little cannery there. Was, I think it was if I'm not mistaken, I think it was a, a Miller uh, 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 canning facility and brewery, and we. Uh, <laughs> We were practicing. It was hot as blue blazers as it, as it gets in, in, in games so often. And we, we we come off the field. Defense comes off the field. And Mike Kelly, my, my middle linebacker, he just he reaches down and grabs a can of that out of the out of the ice, and he throws it back, and he faints. <laughs> he just went down, <laughs> and we're all we're all looking and going, "Damn, I'm not drinking one of those." <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't think it was the Gatorade as much as it was the cold. I think the, I think, I think the cold got him. <laughs> but yeah, we um, we were we were the uh, in the sixties we were the, the guinea pig for for uh, for an hour and an incredible an incredible uh, product. Really was. Really was. It, it changed. It changed the whole. The whole uh, concept of, uh, of training and 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 how to how to hydrate the body and what it takes to hydrate the body and all of that. I mean, they've, there's, there's, there was real science behind it. Yeah. You know, in, in in my high school days, it's a wonder half of us didn't die. I mean, we were taking, we were we were taking literally salt tablets, and and then and then for the discipline part of it, we wouldn't we couldn't have water, but Twice during practice, it, it, it really is a. I mean, we we conditioned to it, we we adapted, but but you look back at that and you go, oh, that that could have been tragic. No, you're exactly right. I mean, the way the players used to hydrate themselves, I heard after practice was they go to the bar and have a bunch of beers. Well, oh yeah, oh yeah, that was our that was our excuse. <laughs> 
with our secret. We're, 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 just, we're just hydrating is all we're doing. There you go. Is there one play that stands out in your career? One thing at Florida? Uh, one play in your career, you know, whether it was at Florida or with the Rams, it's, you know, that, that was my favorite play. Oh, it, it, there's, there was one in, in, uh, in Gainesville. Uh, we play in Georgia and close ball game. They're driving the football on us. They're inside our, I think they were inside our 10 yard line. And I, re- I, I literally remember saying, we've got to take the football away from them. They're, they're, they're going to kick a field goal no matter what. And we got, to, we need to take the football away from them. And they ran a, they ran a run and play right at me. And I can remember seeing, and I think the boy's name was Rainwater, I believe. He comes running fullback and he comes running right up at me and he's got both hands around the ball. And I said, well, I've got, I need, I got to take that ball away from him. And I literally reached in and snatched it out of his hands. And that turned the ball game around, uh, and, and we beat Georgia that year. So that was, that's, that's one play that, uh, kind of stands out. And then when, you know, we, defensive linemen don't score that many touchdowns. When I intercepted, uh, intercepted Jimmy Hart's, uh, outlet pass. In the uh, in the playoffs in seventy seventy five divisional playoff game and I and I went what forty something yards you know and I scored scored that early in the ball game that's that's a good moment yeah. did you know you could run that far well I I knew I, yeah I knew I could run that far <laughs> and and I, and I and I knew that I was not going to get caught by De- Dan Deardorff or Jimmy Hart. <laughs> <laughs> I would never lose that down. <laughs> uh, so I had to make. You know. Go ahead. So is Urban Meyer the most hated man in Florida now? <laughs> oh no, we still love Urban. <laughs> he, he, he went. He went through a whole lot of crap there for a while, uh, and I'm not sure. You know, not not being there on the day, what all it really was about. And I've, I've heard some things. Uh, and I think he was, I mean, it was true. He had some, he had a, he's got a, uh, heart condition that he just, he's got to learn to live with. I mean, when you have angina and it, and you pass out from it because you lost a football game, uh, that's something to consider. And that would, that would get your attention a little bit. But yeah, I, I like I like Durbin a lot. I like his I like his style. I like him personally. Um, I think he's got a he's got a great philosophy of, of, of what kind of players, what kind of kids he wants. Uh, all those things, all the all the intangible stuff that he that he tries to 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 um, instill in, in those in those kids. You, I like that a lot. And you had the most loved person in Florida there too, in Tim Tebow. Yeah. Absolutely, that didn't hurt. That didn't hurt. You know, coaches, coaches become geniuses when they have the Tim Tebow's on the football team. I mean, that's been proven too many times. And when you've got when you've got those kind of players, you tend to be thought of as, as pretty good. And that'll do it for today. 
another Sports and Torts for the Archives here at TalkZone.com. Your co-host, Elliot Harris, that's me, and David Spada, also known as the Invisible Man. I'd like to thank our guest, Jack Youngblood. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time.